We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk Land. He's Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. We've got another show for you today. Jess, uh, busy day, slow day, crazy day. How would you describe your day? Um, angry day. <laughs> Man, <laughs> angry day would be the answer. Uh, Mike, so I use a computerized program, and um it stopped working for like three hours or I couldn't figure out what I needed to do to get it to work for like three hours. So that was a lot of fun. And then I had to call someone in our IT department and then they couldn't figure it out. And then they reset all my settings in the meantime. So now not only did I lose my settings, but I still can't really get it to work as well. So, you know what you need, you used to do those boxing lessons. You need to, uh, you need to get you a heavy bag and just go pound the bag when uh, when that. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to get one from a garage sale a couple of weeks ago and put it in the basement, but um, there were concerns about whether or not the the ceiling would hold it. But I think it would have been fine. I need that. I need that. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. You could be Texas and uh, lose your super regional, a chance to go to the College World Series on a lost fly years. ball. In the lights. Well, they went to the College World Series last year. Right. But... I'm saying if they would have won, they would have made back-to-back appearances. Yeah. Did you see how they lost, though? The fly ball yeah. lost in the lights? Well, I thought yeah. it was – did you see before that? Guy thought he walked it off with a – but it ended up just being a double it, mm-hmm. it, with two outs. And then, yeah, he – uh that fly ball. Do you even consider that a walk-off? I understand it's not an error, but, like, that's not a hit. Well – I mean, technically, it's a hit. You, there, unfortunately, there's yeah, no other way to on. score it. Like, I just, <laughs> you know? I feel like I understand the celebration and everything, but like, yeah, there's nothing well, to me. That's like, that's not, that's, that's just luck. That's just you got lucky. You were playing in the in the nighttime, and the guy, lo- both guys, lost it. I just, yeah, think, but if I mean, if you were going way, to the College that's World the, Series, that's the least it, favorite way to win, in my opinion, that's almost worse than losing. Like, there's, I, agree. I don't know. But if you won the game like that, it. And you were going to the College World Series, you'd be celebrating just as hard, you know, like. Yeah. I just. They, there's just no way around it. There's just, it's just the crappiest way to win a game, in my opinion. Yeah. We've got a lot for you on today's show. Not crappy. Good. 
good content for you today. Uh, speaking of good t- content, we had Notre Dame women's basketball coach Neil Ivey on the show last week. We've got men's basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury coming on the show next week. And coming up later this week, Thursday, we've got national championship lacrosse head coach Kevin Corrigan joining us on the show. So, I mean, you talk about star-packed. We've had it here, got it here over these last couple of weeks. So looking forward to having Kevin Corrigan on later this week. They just got back from Germany, and uh, we'll see how that went see uh, kind of basking in the glow of the national championship and all that kind of good stuff. So looking forward to that. And uh, also looking forward coming up here in a little bit, Jesse's got the whiteboard. Did you have time to, to, to get your whiteboard in order today? I did. There was always time to uh, make sure that the whiteboard was good. All right. All right. You know, it's, it's that time of year, not a ton going on NBA finals. Just ended College World Series this weekend, Major League Baseball, a few weeks till the All-Star break. We've got, you know, like college football-wise, you know where you are in the calendar right now. And we've got all these different lists coming out. Brian talked about some of these lists yesterday with Sam Hartman and all that kind of stuff. You know, we've seen a couple of these quarterback tier rankings from ESPN and The Athletic. None of them have Sam Hartman regarded very highly. You know, we've thought all along that Hartman's going to do some pretty good things this season, you know, but I'm I'm wondering, should he be considered an elite quarterback? Like, especially when you look across the college football world and you see what's out there for this year, should he be considered an elite quarterback? Well, we'll start with that. What do you think, Jess? Hmm. So where you define your parameters. Well, um, okay, let's 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 start like top 10% in my yeah. opinion. Let's go through here's what here's the Bruce Feldman Stuart Mandel quarterback tier ranking for the athletic. Tier one, Caleb Williams, only quarterback they put in tier one, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Tier two, Drake May from North Carolina, Michael Penix from Washington. Only two guys they put in tier two. Tier three. Jaden Daniels from LSU, Frank Harris from UT San Antonio. There's a lot of love for Frank Harris. KJ Jefferson from Arkansas, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, JJ McCarthy from Michigan, <clears throat> Bo Nix from Oregon, Michael Pratt from Tulane, and Devin Leary, former NC State, NC State quarterback at Kentucky. Tier three, Sam Hartman at the top of tier three, whether that's a ranking or not, I don't know. Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, Tanner Mordecai, Wisconsin, Cam Rising, Utah, Jalen Daniels, Kansas, uh, Talia Tongavaloa. Is it Talia? Talia? I don't know exactly how to say his first name. To his brother from Maryland, Jordan Travis from Florida State. That is, um, that is tier three. Um, so I guess, you know, when when I'm talking about elite, again, Cam Williams, no one's going to dispute the reigning Heisman Trophy winner being up there. Drake May, highly regarded, going to be one of the first couple picks in next year's NFL draft. Okay. Uh, you know, those, those two definitely deserve to be at the top of whatever list of college quarterbacks is going to be out there. But when you look at, at who else is returning – 
you know, like where, you know, where do we draw that line for elite? Should Sam Hartman be in that conversation? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So... I don't disagree with Caleb Williams and, and Drake May at the top. Obviously, I think Caleb Williams is one A, and then Drake May is one B. I think there's a clear difference between those two, but I, I think those are your your top two quarterbacks of college football right now. I don't think that Michael Penix belongs on the same level as Drake May um, at this time. I think Not that close. I think Drake May is far ahead of Michael Penix. So them being on the same tier is where I have my first kind of qualm. Um, and then I would go, you know, I'd go, I, I guess, yeah, you go tier one, Caleb Williams, tier two, Drake May, and then tier, I would start my 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 tier three list with Michael Penix. Um, and then after Michael Penix, I honestly think that, you know, Sam Hartman goes next. Uh, and and I, even I think Sam Hartman, you can make the cases just as on that equal playing field, um, as Michael Penix, I think if you want, you can have Jaden Daniels um, up in that group. I think Bo Nix is knocking on the door in that group, but I don't think Grayson McCall, KJ Jefferson, Frank Harrison, JJ McCarthy, Michael Pratt, and Devin Leary even kind of belong in this conversation, no. in my opinion. And so my next tier after Drake May would be Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, Sam Hartman, and Bo Nix. And I think Sam Hartman and Michael Penix would be at the top of that tier. And then everyone else that you mentioned would fall into a tier four um, in my opinion after that. So 
if we're looking at, you know, top 10% of this, this list and, and top 10% overall, and that's what I'm using to define as elite, then yeah, I do think Sam Hartman is elite. And I think that his game um, it, it, right now, he's an elite college football quarterback. I don't know if he's an elite NFL quarterback, um, but I think that's what this season is going to prove for him. Yeah, I, I would put, you know, the, the ESPN tiers that came out a month or so ago had Caleb Williams and Drake May on the top tier. And I've got no problem with that because, again, they're going to go one, two in the draft. If the draft were today, they would go one, two. So unless something drastically changes, they're going to go one, two in the draft. So I would put them on tier one. Tier two would be composed of Hartman. I would put Michael Penix in there in tier two. I would put Bo Nix in there in tier two. I would probably put Jaden Daniels from LSU there in tier two. And, you know, I would I would consider Jalen Daniels from Kansas. You know, again, like as of right now, he's not a great pro prospect, but by the end of the season, you could be hearing his well, name. Yeah, he, he, he did really prospect. well last season and got hurt, yeah. obviously, too. So we we didn't get to see him kind of, you know, finish exactly. out his trajectory on the, uh, the end of last season. Exactly. So that would be my line. How J.J. McCarthy ends up, you know, in this conversation just because he played on a good team is beyond me. But, you know, that's that's we where basically had the same tiers, except you gave consideration to Jalen Daniels and I didn't. And I agree with your consideration for Jalen. Like Jalen Daniels is better than J.J. McCarthy, in my opinion. Absolutely. There's there's no doubt about that at all. That's in in no world is J.J. McCarthy better than Jalen Daniels. It's it's just that McCarthy plays for a better team and he's younger than Jalen Daniels. That's, you know, and so that a lot of people have fallen in love with him. Now I will give like Mandolin and um Feldman credit for not completely falling in love with Jordan Travis the way everyone else seems to have. You know, again, like good college quarterback, but I'm not going to put him in the upper echelon. He would definitely be you know, like lower tier three, upper tier four type conversation. But I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're not here to, to talk about those guys as much. When it, when it comes to the Hartman stuff, why do you think he's getting so little love going into this season with all the, all the accolades that he has, all that he's done, and he's joining a team like Notre Dame where he's going to have a better defense, better offensive line, more talent around him than what he had at Wake Forest. You know, going to have a great running game to help support. Why do you think that that he's getting so little love going into his final year? So I think the number one thing that I would look at for, for Sam Hartman not getting a lot of love is I think you have to look at the style in which he was used at Wake Forest. And I think that a lot of people get caught up with, you know, yes, he has good numbers, but basically you – you can have good numbers when you're kind of playing basically video game kind of style, which is a lot of high percentage, you know, pass attempts, not a lot of run game, not a lot of run attempts. And so I think naturally you see, oh, okay, yeah, Sam Hartman has a lot of passing yards, a lot of passing touchdowns, but his volume is 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 up there as well. So if you're, you know, if if, if you're if a lot of these guys were given the same amount of volume, then they they too would be able to translate into you know high yardage. And high touchdowns. And I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just kind of thinking, you know, what what the other side might be thinking. 
Um, and then I think another thing that plays to it is just the the concept of playing in a slow mesh offense. I think it, it makes it a lot easier, you know, for the quarterback. It's obviously not a pro style offense and, and why Sam Hartman made the decision, you know, to transfer to Notre Dame. And so I think that that is held against him, too, is it makes his reads easier. It makes the scheme easier. It slows things down a little bit. And again, it's tailored for a guy who can throw the ball well because you are drawing in the linebackers and defensive line by holding in that that ball into the belly of the running back. Um, and then obviously pulling it and, and making some pass plays. So I think the combination of them throwing the ball a lot and having a scheme that is considered, you know, not necessarily the hardest, not a pro style scheme. Um, I think those are the two biggest things that kind of held him back. Yeah. And what comments came in, like jumping off the gun there, Sam says, let's be real. People get caught up in a high school rankings. They can't let it go until they become a homes. I swear some That's even, even doubt true them. too. Like, yeah, I mean, these, you know, these rankings basically get carried until you prove yourself in the NFL. And I think that's the downside of a lot of guys is they get drafted more so than where they should. And then they're seen as a letdown. And it's like, well, the only reason they got that stock is because of, you know, where they were at a high school. Um, and that carried them into that NFL draft. Right. Unless you play for the Dallas Cowboys and you're Tony Romo, because even if you play at Eastern Illinois and you end up being the uh, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, then people would just hate you because, you know, <laughs> you happen to play with. And again, you know, like maybe like I, I hate the concept of media bias because, you know, like the anti Notre Dame media bias, because, you know, what that, what that would mean is that there is like, that there are meetings going on at these different entities going, you know, how can we, how can we knock Notre Dame? How can we talk, you know, how can we uh, knock Notre Dame down now? Do, you know, are there individuals who might have anti-Notre Dame bias? Of course there are. But, you know, to say that it is wide sweeping, you know, you know, part of the deal is like for all these, whatever team that it happens to be is, you know, the closer you are to the team, obviously the more skewed your vision can get, you know, with, with, with regards to seeing things objectively, like, you know, like you want to evaluate Sam Hartman objectively, but, you know, like we cover, Notre Dame football, you know, that's that's 99% of what we do. We try to have a broader picture as well, but it's it's obviously much harder. And like, you know, like so these other people, you know, they they come with a 20,000 foot view, but I still think they have, you know, like some some kind of preconceived notions of Notre Dame in mind. Um, you know, and like in regards to what Sam was saying with the high school rankings, I think that there's something to that as well, you know, like Hartman goes to Wake Forest. He's under-recruited. Virtually everyone at Wake Forest, you know, has fewer stars by their name when they go in there. And now you look at a guy like Hartman right now, and he's a sixth-year guy who didn't get drafted. So, you know, you can easily say, well, if he were truly elite, he would have been, he would have entered the draft this past year and he'd be on an NFL team right now. But he obviously he didn't. And you outlined some of it, the difference in the kind of of offense that he's going to be playing in. But there is a stigma, I think, that comes with that. No matter what you've done, you were deemed, you know, like Sam Hartman himself, you know, determined that he needed to do something besides what he was doing at Wake Forest to give himself a better shot in the NFL. So here he is at Notre Dame right now. You know, I think that that 
works against him. You know, going back to that high school stuff that we were talking about, and then you know, leading up to where he was last year. Uh, and I think that a, a, a lot of people are also kind of looking at what he's going to have at Notre Dame. And this was mentioned in the ESPN thing, you know, again a month or so ago. You know, like the kind of receivers that he had at Wake Forest versus what he's going to have here. And again, like if you're talking about pure recruiting rankings, the the talent level of the guys he's going to have around him, the guys he's going to be throwing to this year are much higher rated athletes, you know, and, and we're much higher rated recruits. It's just that they haven't had the production yet. And I think that that works against him as well. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you were saying. I think, uh, there's just no credit, and I think that the just the 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 unknown I think is what spooks a lot of people. Is that I think they think you know w- what Sam Hartman can do based off of what they've seen, but until they see it, I think there's like a, a, a spookiness uh, of of giving him kind of any extra credit because again he's going from a different offense, but like you said, he's going to have better surrounding parts. He's shown that he has the arm strength, the arm, you know, accuracy, everything that comes with, you know, throwing of the football, he's proven that he can do. It's just a matter of he can't control, you know, what scheme he was told to play in. I think he it's going you're going to see a better quarterback, honestly, with just straight drop back passes um, and just allowing his wide receivers to go get the ball because he's going to put the ball in a place where only his wide receivers can get it because that's the kind of experience that he provides. And so if you put that combination with better talent than the wide receivers that he had, at Wake Forest, I think you're only going to see him naturally do better um, in, in a pro-style offense, to be honest with you. And I, I don't think that the volume is obviously going to be the same because Notre Dame is better at running the ball. But again, I've said this before, them being able to run the ball is only going to help Sam Hartman. It allows mm-hmm. guys to stay more honest on defense. And I think it's those two are going to complement each other because you know Notre Dame can get you with the run game. And so they'll start opening up the pass game to gash you. And then once the pass game is gashing you, you know, it opens up the run game again and it allows it to to continue to go. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just uh, I think that the unknown is what is scaring a lot of people as well. Is there a blind spot, though, for us? Because, again, you know, like we're looking at Sam Hartman and seeing what he did at Wake Forest and we're looking for reasons to say, man, this is going to be great for Notre Dame. This is going to be great for Sam Hartman. All these different things. Is there a concern? that you have about him as he comes into what will be his final season in college here with the Irish? Honestly, my biggest concern is that the thing that we're taking the most, I think for granted is can he make the transition between, you know, an offense that he's played the last five seasons and a new offense at Notre Dame, and then coming in under the impression that it would be with different personnel, obviously, you know, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, and then, and then going from, you know, Tommy Reese to the new new offensive coordinator and then obviously Gino Gudilli uh, as your quarterback coach, you know, all of that happening in a six month span is still a lot. And I, I and then, you know, obviously building that relationship and dynamic with his offensive line, his wide receivers, more importantly, I, I just think maybe we're taking for granted everything that needs to happen in that transition process. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think my, my only real concern is the high number of interceptions. 26 interceptions the last two years. You know, it's you, you, I don't think that you can over... That's like one that. per game, basically. Yeah, and, you know, he had 11 fumbles as well. But, you know, like when you look at his interceptions... Six of the 11 he threw last year came in back-to-back losses to North Carolina State and Louisville. Not exactly world beaters, even though NC State was ranked at least when they lost them. But the flip side of that is he had six touchdown passes and no interceptions in that double overtime loss to Clemson. So, you know, a really big performance against the best team that they faced last year. Uh, Combined against Clemson, Florida State, and Carolina, North Carolina, all ranked teams, 12 touchdowns, one interception last season. But, you know, he's also been sacked a lot the last couple of years. 63 times he's been sacked, 32 times he was sacked last year. And he didn't even play, the, you know, the full season. But again, he's going to have a better line here at Notre Dame. He's going to have a better running game to support him. But, you know, you you, you look at Hartman and you see the high number of interceptions. You know, again... The talent level around him and just the structure of the offense, Jess, I think should probably take care of that because otherwise, you know, you're looking at a quarterback who was pretty accurate in his time at Wake Forest, especially last year when he completed over 60% of his passes, 63% of his passes last year. Yeah, and I think what you just said about the interceptions and when they came is also just a little bit concerning because – you know, it, it was against opponents that not were in, not necessarily inferior, but it sounds like, you know, when when they started losing, Sam Hartman kind of started to push the envelope a little bit more. If you're throwing six interceptions in two games, and, and obviously two games that you lost, so you don't want to see him do that, continue that trend as well. Like it, you don't want to see him kind of over compromising or trying to make too much out of too little and then dig, you know, Notre Dame potentially into a deeper hole, depending on the situation. So, Jesse, you teased throughout some of your commentary there. You teased what's coming up in the whiteboard. You you talked about the slow mesh that he was in at Wake Forest and and uh, the different structure of the offense that he's going to have with a pro style here at Notre Dame. Do you have the whiteboard ready to go? I do. I do. And I, I right before we get to that, I just think it's it's funny that, you know, Jason brings up a good point about Sam Hartman. He was the best quarterback in the portal, supposedly. And now he's out. And now he just continues to kind of just like slide down 
the totem pole. And it's like, how does that That's happen? That's very true. That's it, very it, true. Notre Dame was regarded as the best, you know, they got the best quarterback out of the transfer portal. So either the best isn't really that great, or all of a sudden it's just, you know, he's the best. And now he's just trending downward, you know, all of a sudden magically. So that's all I wanted to say, but I, I do have some whiteboard ready. Um, just let me, let me find it here. Well, you know, and the other thing is, you know, even if you're basing, I think some of the opinion of Sam Hartman and what he's going to be, again, goes back to the fact that, that you have some fairly highly recruited receivers here at Notre Dame. They just haven't produced yet. And so, you know, when people are looking in from the outside, all they see is, well, there's there's no returning production there. Who's he going to throw to? You know, Michael Mayer is gone, that kind of thing. You know, again, Tommy Reese is gone as well. So even if even if you had Michael Mayer back and you had some returning, you know, like you were going to have a, you know, a, a different play caller. You talked about Gino Gadulli. You've got a different, you know, multiple different sets of eyes on whoever the quarterback is this year. Things are going to be a lot different no matter what. They were going to be a lot different no matter what. So I just I, I think a lot of it also comes down to people basing their opinion on things that did or didn't happen last year. I, I just think it's going to look I think we all think it's going to look a lot different this year. So you got the whiteboard ready to go. What are you going to show us here? Yeah. So for today's whiteboard that uh, I wanted to get into is you know, specifically about Sam Hartman and, and what the biggest difference is uh, between a slow mesh offense and a more pro style offense that he's going to be uh, running at Notre Dame. So um, I will start uh, some telestration here. So all right, the, the number one thing in a slow mesh read is obviously, you know, you're giving the running back the ball in his belly as he's kind of, you know, working uh, to the line of scrimmage. And so what that does is that it freezes kind of this, um, this, the, the box area, you know, the, the defensive line, the linebackers. And what, what it does is it makes them kind of have to creep up for it, especially the linebackers, because you have to honor the run as a linebacker. That's, you know, the number one thing that you're, that you're looking at and a defensive back, even though their number one concern is pass, um, all, all corners safeties are guilty of looking into the backfield. So whether, whether or not it's, you know, noticeable, these guys are taking at least a half a step, maybe a full step, or at the very least, you know, at least freezing in their tracks while that ball mm -hmm. is in the belly of the running back. And these linebackers are obviously going to be more exaggerated. They're going to be more, you know, two steps forward. And obviously your defensive lineman, or defense lineman, they're, they're, they're rushing, whether or not it's pass or run. And so in a slow mesh, you're going to see guys naturally kind of hanging around longer or even taking some steps forward um, in a true pro style offense where there's no mesh or you know, I guess you could call play action. I mean, these guys are going to be dropping now immediately, you know, your secondary guys, they're not, they, they have no inclination of run. And so they're going to be actually kind of playing, off or back at the snap of the ball and same with the linebackers you know if a linebacker doesn't see any run motion or a pulling guard i mean their first instinct is going to be you know dropping into their coverage as well so what sam hartman is going to have to do in a pro style offense is, is find a way to manipulate the second and third level 
with no longer having the slow mesh in his arsenal and, you know, allowing routes to develop more naturally on their own, being patient enough that he's not going to have that slow mesh read anymore. It's just going to be a straight drop back and allowing the routes to develop, being patient, waiting that extra second and, and getting the ball, you know, in, in, in my opinion, he's going to have to fit the ball into some tighter, you know, windows, whether that's here, maybe that's over here, or maybe that's, you know, even in, deep down the field, He's got to fit the ball into, into more precise windows because the linebackers are going to be a step closer. The DBs are going to be a step closer now because that slow mesh doesn't allow them to be held up any longer. You know, to, they, they're essentially losing uh, some of those steps. So the number one thing I'm looking for with Sam Hartman this season is what can he do uh, as an intelligent, mature quarterback to manipulate these linebackers and defensive backs no longer, you know, knowing that he no longer has the slow mesh option. What do you think is going to be the biggest adjustment for him in that? You know, because it, it seems simple. This, you know, this is, you know, he's going to be in a pro style. Again, he's going to have a better offensive line. You know, there, there are obviously different reads that he had to make in that slow mesh that he's not going to have to make now as a Notre Dame quarterback in this offense. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I, I think the, sorry, can you repeat the very beginning part of your question again? What do you think is the biggest difference going to be, you know, like, and you know, like Roy or Ray rather says, we'll play action, do the same thing in terms of bringing the, the linebackers in the safety. Yeah. So the, the play action and obviously the run game, that's what's going to kind of be the counter that Sam Hartman is looking for and having a better run game is, yeah, you're, you're going to naturally these linebackers are going to start, you know, moving their way in, cheating in when you have a, a, a dynamic running game. And that's kind of what we saw, you know, Notre Dame do last year with Drew Pine at quarterback is they allowed the running game to open up more of the pass game. Um, and then, you know, when teams started to kind of play them off and pass, they, they just allowed the running backs and their physical offensive line and tight ends to do what they do and, and you know, pound the ground. So, I think what's what Sam Hartman has to has to number one do this in this offense is just be comfortable holding the ball a little bit longer. I think he's going to have to display a little bit more patience to allow for things to open up a little bit more. But I still think that Notre Dame will be able to accomplish, you know, this kind of mesh look, but just in different ways and not in, in, in a as drastic way. So, right, like RPOs, play action. Uh, just the run game in general will keep these these guys more, um, more uh, what's the word more true um, to their reads. But overall, limiting that that slow mesh. I mean, that's just something rhythmically that I get that Sam Hartman got used to, right? So I think being you know it's going to be uncomfortable a little bit at first when you're sitting back there and you have to hold the ball a little bit longer. You have to wait for these pass routes to naturally develop. And things to get open, but when he sees this window, he's got to be able to hit that window um, instantaneously. All right, real good, good whiteboard as always. Brought the heat. Is that it? All right, Jesse got it out of there. Appreciate that. And um, Mike said, "Love repping the Oilers shirt." I bought my Houston Oilers shirt. I had seen this. It was like one of these online ads for one of the t-shirt companies. And I kept seeing this Houston Oilers and I'm like, man, I've been a fan of the powder blue for a long time. And that's a, that's a pretty cool looking shirt. So I just got this actually a little Houston Oilers action. 
back in the day, old school. I think you were like maybe one or two when the Oilers moved to Tennessee. I used to I used to pull for the Oilers back in the day, you know, like when they were going up against the Steelers all the time. Back in the uh, back in the olden days, you know, like the Steelers dynasty and all that kind of stuff. The Oilers didn't win very many matchups, though. So. <laughs>